What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Triple H podcast. And I emphasize that welcome back because it has been a minute. Myself and Jake Mike here, the original Happy Hour Hoops duo, back to talk some hoops in the summertime. In a little over a month, I would say, since our last episode, maybe even closer to two. But Jake, we're back and, and tell the people how excited you are midsummer to be talking hoops once again. It has been way too long. I I took a what did, I, I think it's been six, it's almost been seven weeks since I've been on a happy hour hoops podcast. And we haven't had too many of them in there. So thank you. First of all, thank you for you and Steve for holding it down and, and keeping stuff pumping out during the dog days of summer as I uh, took a break from everything, was not doing anything train wreck sports, but now we are getting back in the thick of everything, football season, yes. basketball season, hockey season, everything's coming up and we need to, we need to get back locked in on our hoops. Team USA starts up in about a week, which is really like, it's going to be really fun it's i mean it's basically a team usa b team but it's gonna be a lot of fun basketball that game against spain the other day it's just a casual sunday afternoon i did not expect to be glued to my couch for the second half of this exhibition yep. between spain and team usa but here i was i was like we gotta get we gotta get back locked in so it's great to be here we miss steve who is uh he's in the process of moving which you are also this is the thing we're in such a every everything about the happy hour hoops podcast is transitioning right now. So we're going to look a lot different for this year, but we had that, we had to come in for the people still here on yes. August uh, 16th. So we're about two months out, about two months out. That's crazy. It's yeah. the NBA is a, a never ending circle because just when you think you have a while until the next season starts, like you just said, we we're, we're only two weeks out from, you know, kind of getting back into legit basketball talk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it is crazy. You mentioned it, me and Steve both kind of moving into new places. Um, this may be the last time you've seen me record from my childhood bedroom. My, mini hoop, era. yeah, my mini hoop that's usually over my left shoulder, um, is already gone. It is. Oh, I didn't even realize apartment. that. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah. It does look so kind of empty now. It see. looks pretty bad <laughs> out there. Um, <laughs> Twitter became X since the last time That's we true. recorded. <laughs> I think it's still does it oh no, it just says follow us. We don't have Twitter on there. I was gonna say we're gonna have to change the scroll, we're gonna have to do all this. Uh, so um yeah, you mentioned uh team USA is is under full swing. It, it was funny to see Jalen Brunson just getting buckets on the TV in, in the middle of the summer. Uh we're we're gonna talk about all that today. Yeah, we got we team USA. We'll talk big contract extensions, Jalen Brown, Anthony Davis. Talk a little Dame Lillard. We'll talk a little Chris Tapp's Porzingis injury that just came across the desk yesterday or two days ago. But let, let's start where the drama's at, Jake, because this is a guy <laughs> who, no matter what part of his contract he is in, no matter if he is in between teams, he's a polarizing guy all around the world because he's in China right now selling his they new brand of wine. Oh, yeah. He's having a blast. I'm clearly starting. I'm starting to wonder. How, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm starting to wonder how actually bothered he is by this 
this whole contract situation and Philadelphia situation, but that is exactly who we're talking about. We're talking about Mr. James Harden. We're talking about the Philadelphia 76ers and all the drama that entails because Harden thought he was getting a max deal is that the newest rumor and Daryl Morey apparently had other plans. Yes. I guess just knowing what you know right now, Duke, what, what are your initial thoughts on this? Well, I feel like we've been monitoring this and this is why we need to, and this is, this is on me hand up moment on me because I will be doing this more often going back and finding these clips of how many times we've talked about James Harden since that, since Christmas, since that report came out about Houston and just been like, who knows what's going to happen here? Like this man is unhinged. You never can trust anything like with what he wants to do, where he wants to go. There's all these rumors swirling about Houston. Why would he want to go to Houston? All these things. And clearly it was a kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a safety net, like an umbrella for him, Houston was. Because the, supposedly, if you're following the reporting, there was there was a deal in place, like you were mentioning, whether it was a wink-wink handshake behind closed door, whatever they, him and Harden, Daryl Morey is him in this scenario, uh, had come up with. They had some kind of agreement, and Harden believes that Daryl Morey turned his back on there. Now, here's the first question, Dunny. Isn't this just, it's kind of just a smart basketball move, right? Like, you don't want to give James Harden $60 billion a year right now, do you? No. See, um, yeah, I, I, I hold that same logic. And it's basically the, the, the simple part of it is just like it comes down to who is lying. But the shitty part for Harden is. If there was nothing contractual, it doesn't really matter if Maury was lying because that could very well be the case. That's kind of where I lean right now, although I think you're right. I don't think Harden's deserving of that money, whether he was promised it or not. So it's it's basically Harden's word against Maury's word, but neither of their words really matter in this point unless there was pen to paper. And obviously there wasn't. Harden took a paycheck. He feels slighted because he thought he was going to be guaranteed something that he's not. Again, this is, you know, the James Harden we've seen in the past kind of just whining and pouting about until he gets to his preferred destination. It's just tough this time because it's like, if that is how it went down, it's hard to just call it whining and pouting. But Harden, 33 years old, has made a reputation kind of similar to this with multiple different teams. And now we're seeing it again. And we're seeing it at probably the worst possible time for the Philadelphia 76ers. Because there's also reports coming out that Joel Embiid, you know, reached out to Harden a couple different times this summer. Tried to get him to stay. Harden says he has no interest. Joel Embiid taking processing out of his Twitter bio. He's taking Philadelphia out of his Twitter bio. Um, you know, obviously that is always something cryptic that athletes, not just NBA athletes, but all athletes tend to do if they're. It is a power move. Unfollow yeah. the team on socials. Right. You know, yeah. we've we've seen it all before the. starting with the eye emojis way back in the day going from the change in your bio around you know sometimes there's substance there a lot of the times there's not 
what's real in this situation who knows it's like it's like what we just said who is lying maury or harden we don't know is Embiid actually upset we don't know i mean he's probably a little upset he's probably realizing hey the only other all-star caliber guy we had on our team you know aside from tyrese maxi who i think will get there but needs some time to grow i don't think just maxi and Embiid is enough to get to the championship I think Embiid probably is a little upset, you know, whether it's at Maury, whether it's at Harden, whether, you know, he doesn't care. He just wants a team assembled around him. I think that would be fair as well. So it's just um, it's a it's an interesting time for this all to be coming out. And it's almost a little it might be too little too late Um you know, if Harden wants all these different options, I don't know how many options he has. I don't know how many teams are willing to give him a max. I don't know if any teams are willing to give him a max. So I think sticky situation for Philadelphia, I think maybe even a stickier situation for James Harden, the individual. <laughs> yeah, I think that you're right about James Harden, the individual. Uh, the, the team that apparently he wants to go to is the Los Angeles Clippers. Whether they're going to give him a max contract. I don't know. They probably shouldn't. I mean, why would they, but who knows with what the Clippers, they, the Clippers side of this, they are building a new arena and they need a star. They need stars there somehow, whether that's old James Harden, old Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russ, whatever it's going to be there. They, they want to load it up with stars there. I, he's not worth the money like from, from anybody. That's what it really comes down to. I think that's the main point of that. When it comes to Embiid, though, man, I wouldn't blame him if he at tomorrow he asked for a trade. Like what he has put up with, how much shit in that organization between his GM having burner accounts in 2018 to the whole yeah. Simmons saga to you know getting so close to getting to the conference finals with that Jimmy Butler team, only for Jimmy to get traded in the offseason and them clearly to be like still close and and obviously they enjoyed each other's you know time play, playing together and everything he's just he's taken a lot of lumps on the chin and wore that city on his back uh and proudly for a long time now and also put up with a lot of bullshit at the start of his career to even get to this point that i, I wouldn't be i just i think it's a matter of if or when not if yeah, Joel Embiid at this point, and really it comes down to who teams are. There are teams' positions out there to go after a Joel Embiid, but that's the next thing I think you should be looking at if you're Philly is like, how can I maximize both these guys? Because what is your move? Even if Harden at this point, sure you can say you're going to keep Harden. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we know he will just either show up huge or not show up at all. Yeah. We've seen him do all these different, whatever tactic he's going to start pulling. And if he pulls and even if he pulls up to training camp with whatever attitude he's going to have that he doesn't want to be there with, Joel's not going to want to put up with that shit either. Like, no. he's not going, so it's just, imagine being Nick Nurse also, you know, head coach, what, potentially thinking about how explosive the situation could be. It just feels like there's no way to replace Harden if you get rid of him. So, Joel's really looking at it like if he believes in Tyrese Maxey and then like whatever pieces they get back for Harden for maybe one more year. But then even if they don't win this year, like, and I don't think that they would be better than, they're not going to be better than the 
Bucks or the Celtics, no matter what kind of moves they can make before the year, that'd be better odds. If you think JoJo has another level to get to, sure. But the thing about the thing about Embiid is how old is he now? He's about to be 30, 31. Yeah, I think he's 30. 31, seven, three foot, seven foot three guy with foot problems and knee issues oh, every year and uh, back 29, issues. 29, I'm sorry. I all right, let's so He's still be, about to be 30. Yeah. Knee issues, back issues, seven footer, all this stuff. Like, if you are smart and Daryl Morey's usually, he gets ahead of these things. Like, this is when you just, you cut bait. And so I'd be thinking yeah. about getting rid of him and getting him out of the East by saying, like, the Knicks are the one team that everybody keeps mentioning, and I don't. That's the one thing I think you can't do if you're Philly is feed your rival. Like this can't be like a Miami trade or a New York trade. It needs to be like an Oklahoma City. Like if they do something like that, that's the that's the only thing that I can't defend is if they. It, you, I, I'm I'm okay if Maury decides that they should trade Embiid and trade Harden and blow it all up, but you got to move them out west and get them away from you and because. Joel, wherever he gets traded to, he's going to be on a revenge tour and just like a, uh, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a confirmation tour, like not confirmation, but uh, just like, you know, people are going to be like, oh, can he do it somewhere else? Or just, he's just going to be looking to prove a lot of points and have, a, even with as an MVP coming off the season, if he got traded, I yeah. imagine that there's a, there's a streak that would come out on him. So I don't know. It's just. Harden, this little part of Harden feels like it's just another domino in what's going to happen with the Embiid thing. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's the more interesting thing to me about James Harden. I don't care about kind of washed up James Harden as much as how much him leaving and what he's doing right now has the impact on the MVP who clearly is not happy with what's going on right now either. No, not happy at all. And you you have to assume that you know, I'm sure the, the, the style of it will be a little different. It'll probably have a little more class behind it. And it's obviously will be more warranted. But you have to assume if, you you know, one, Philly doesn't make any moves to help themselves out next year and get better, like you mentioned. Like, there can't, there's not really many moves out there that they can make where you, you would definitively say, oh, this team's better than they were last year. I, I, I'm with you. I don't know if it's possible um, you know, just based off of the the little moves they've made up until this point. And he's already put his life through crazy obstacles just yeah. to keep the city of Philadelphia happy, just to keep playing in the city that he likes. He's the only one who seems to have trusted the process this whole time through and through. And what good has that gotten him? Uh, an MVP and then, you know, not much else to show for it. So, there's got to be a point where Joel Embiid hits his breaking point as well. James Harden, obviously already there. I think it's fair to just expect Harden not to be in a Sixers uniform this year. I, I you know, I always going to be looking even, big, like he's going, like he just came yeah. from, like just from eight Philly cheesesteaks. That's what Harden's going to show up looking like. Yeah, we might, we might see Fat Harden again. I would love it. I would love it. We need it. It's. I mean, hey, he might be on his way there. But well, Maury new... said he is unmoved, unmoved by James Harden's comments. So that's where we're at. We're at James Harden doing. Yeah, what we he didn't did. really say that. He just straight up called Daryl Morey a liar, and he'll never play, <laughs> never play for a team that he's a part of again. Um, in front of, a of massive, kids. Yeah, in front of a massive <laughs> crowd of kids in China. 
<laughs> Could you, uh, those kids had no, they were like, what the fuck's happening right now? Yeah. They're like, who the hell is Daryl Morey? <laughs> Probably don't even know that name over there, man. Um, obviously, he's a star. I mean, he's killing it, but it's it's just tough. It's it really from all three parties. It, it kind of seems like none of them really have much of a leg to stand on in this nope. in this like three weight argument. I think Embiid obviously has the most. Um, yeah, the most right the most to be upset. Yeah, situation. I feel like, but he also might be getting screwed the most. So it's like, it doesn't even matter if Embiid's upset, and doesn't matter what he's saying unless change happens. Probably not. Um, I the my the last thing I'll say is I hadn't thought about Nick Nurse at all, but that's an interesting point. Like, I forget. I think someone made his his first press conference someone asked him a question about James Harden he was even weird answering questions then because he yeah. could probably see the writing on the wall i'm sure he doesn't want to coach james harden after these comments either so yeah. it's tough kendrick perkins was the the most recent to speak out about it on tv that i heard and he says uh james harden could be out of the league if he's not careful in this situation which i don't think you know, unless it's we all of a sudden rewind or fast forward two years from now, I don't think James Harden will be out of the league. But I don't think he's completely wrong in the sense that and he's burning he's, a lot of bridges. Yeah. And he's probably already screwed. Like he's not getting a max deal this year, man. He's not he's not getting that from anyone. I don't I don't think many teams, wow. the teams that will go out and try to bring him in don't have the money for it and then the teams that have the money for it i don't think they're going after a 33 year old james harden who um you know he's been outstanding he's had mvp seasons he's had uh he's had seasons where he's led the league in assists he's a unbelievable bucket getter but when push comes to shove he has not showed us that he could do anything um at the highest level in the playoffs he's had he had a few good games against boston obviously monster games but then followed it up with some 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 of his worst he's ever played and that's kind of the james harden experience so we'll see um he's james harden's probably wishing he was one of these two guys that we're about to talk about who got massive contract extensions since uh since we've recorded last and start with my guy jalen brown JB signs a five-year, $304 million contract extension with the Boston Celtics, largest in NBA history. Um, Everyone has seemingly had their own opinions about this. Obviously, I'm sure the listeners out there know where I stand. This was my number one priority for the Celtics, just to get JB to stay. It didn't have to be the the largest deal in NBA history, but that's just a, a cherry on top for me. So you know where I'm at, Jake. What I know we're you know probably a month out since this happened, but how how were you thinking about it when it first happened, and and what are your thoughts on it now? I'm not. I mean, the sticker shock is one thing if you weren't expecting it to be that number, but I feel like we were expecting it to be that number just knowing what the supermax price was at this point and coming into this year and just. That was kind of the whole question, I feel like. And maybe that was what the more interesting thing is that it was only announced a month ago and not announced right on July 1st when it could have been. And I wonder what went into those negotiations if Brad Stevens tried to get uh, Jalen Brown and his team to take 
a little less than the max just just to see like just in, in how much they negotiate because 62 million a year is still a lot i can see them you know trying to get some wiggle room and everything but ultimately they did exactly what you said it was priority number one to keep him around whether it's to keep him around or whether it's to move him in a year anyways you still need to keep that guy around and have that the here and see and see where it goes and i don't think that's going to happen but regardless the, the point is that you got to lock these guys up and free agency is really not a thing anymore if you if you haven't noticed it's all these guys locking into trades and then demanding their trades yeah and so it's just the smart move on both sides jalen deserves all the money and the celtics need jalen to be a uh contender this year and tatum needs jalen to be a to be at his best and i still mm-hmm. think we haven't seen the full potential of those guys i think we'll get it we're going to get a lot of make or break with these two this year without with the changes that have that have occurred uh, over the last year specifically with smart and everything else and all the way they talked about his role on the team like they're, they're going to take a lot more just on them i i, I would assume day to day at practice in the locker room all that stuff and so they need those two guys, and they needed to make a statement about it. So I'm happy it got done. The Anthony Davis extension is the one that puzzled me a little bit. Now, this is the highest annual mm. highest annual salary ever, I think. It's $62.5 million. Um, it's a three-year extension. I just don't think he's making it three years. And so if we're talking about what's worth it here, I think the Jalen one's worth it. <coughs> Excuse me. Just to just because of the flexibility it offers you with Davis and where Braun is in his career, this feels like he's getting traded before this deal is up. Yeah. And it's like you're matching, we're getting you to go with LeBron for sure. And then once Braun leaves, you're gone. Yeah, it kind of seems that way, right? Because Davis, 30 years old right now. That would put him at 33 at the end of the contract. You would have to assume, I mean, LeBron's definitely going to be off the Lakers in three years. Maybe he's playing a Jordan on the Wizards role, uh, wherever Bronny's at in three years, or he's out of the league, presumably. I, I think the latter is probably more likely on that one. But yeah, it is strange because and maybe the money will have shifted so much by the end of the three years that it won't seem that crazy. But I mean, say it's even after this season and the injury is about the same for Davis. So he's pretty banged up throughout the year, misses a quarter of the season again. He's 31 years old. It's there will be teams, there will be a market for him, but it's interesting to think about who's trading for a 31 year old Anthony Davis getting 60 million a year for the next two years. Um, so I, like I said, I think someone will, but it, it, I don't know if it's as easy as the Lakers think it might be if that is their plan with this contract. I don't know what they're planning, I think they just wanted to pay him. But it's also this wondering what the flexibility is and Braun, who knows with LeBron James at this point, like what's going to happen with him. But the 80th one, I just don't know. Until he can be healthy, I'd rather take Jalen Brown's lack of left hand than AD's lack of health, I think, at yeah. this point, when you're, when you're looking at these kind of investments. And I think you have to look carefully – I don't know if every guy automatically should get the max with the way the cap works now. 
with the way that with the way that hard cap not not hard cap but hard cap could work when you you cancel teams out there's going to have to be there is going to be a team that just decides like we're not paying you this and we're going to just trade you instead and that will be the smarter decision than paying you like there's going to be a team that decides that and is going to be right and so with these are the first two deals you know being made at, at this kind of with this with the way the cap is set now and just being the, the scale that they are at, it's really interesting to see like kind of how it how it plays out, especially for these two teams who are clearly trying to win the NBA title like this year. They're going to be two top five favorites probably going into the season. The Lakers, whether that's by merit or just the fact that it's popularity, they're still probably going to be within that discussion the whole time. The Celtics, obviously, so it's going to be interesting. It's going to either they're either going to win a title or they're going to crash and burn terribly i feel like that's the only two yeah no that's such a good point though about the contracts and it it will happen like you're you're absolutely right that there's gonna come a time and a player who is gonna be the first one to get slighted out of his supermax deal but maybe it's james harden maybe that's yeah maybe that's playing out right now is maury's like listen bro i'm not double capping us right to pay you 60 million yeah and it's going to be tough because if it is someone like obviously as a Celtics fan, I think the Celtics could justify doing it to Jalen Brown. And I think, you know, I think the reason for that is because you trade a guy like Jalen Brown right now, after the season, he just had his age, him leveling up every year he's been in the NBA. You're not getting something equivalent in return. So you might as well just pay him, and it keeps the player happy. Both sides win in that. But it is interesting if we get you know a player down the road, and there is another situation where t- a team has a Jalen Brown type and a Jason Tatum type, and you know it just works out where they'd rather keep the Jason Tatum type, and they can get a better package in return for their player B but he's going to miss out on that super max money. It's, it's going to be very interesting because the, this next year and a half, two years for the NBA will be very telling for how this cap situation works and how teams are able to move their money around and players around to stay in championship windows and not just be relevant. So yeah, yeah I, I, exactly. I'm with you. Obviously I can, I can justify the Jalen Brown deal you know, nine times out of ten, when I'm sleeping backwards, whatever, I can I can justify this deal. I do struggle a little more with the AD one, but like you said, maybe they're just maybe they're just giving AD money that they, they also don't really deserves. have a choice too. Yeah, like what like they're not finding another guy, star. It's LeBron and AD or nothing else really. So hey, yeah, we'll see what happens. So, I think the Jalen deal. I think that's going to be. I think that's going to be fine. I really do. Yeah. Tatum's is going to be 70 million when it happens next time. So yeah. Maybe more. So just, just get people, used to the stickers. People like where it's NBA players are soccer players now. Like those are the numbers we're going to be looking at. Yeah, it is. It is funny that you mentioned it at the top when we first started talking about this, but like me and you, we expected this number to come in 
other people who are shocked. It's like this yeah. is this is NBA money now. This is all NBA players. This is what they're going to be getting paid for the foreseeable. And that future. was a wake up call for me to remember how in it we are. Like just to know that that like I've known that number like had sixty million like in my head since the Jalen Brown discussions have started at the beginning of the year. But for a person who's not following the NBA day to day, and then they see you know Jalen Brown, especially when people see it, Jalen Brown, not Jason Tatum getting yeah. paid 60 million and they're, like, and they're like what the hell is yeah. going yeah it's just like i can see why it's a big sticker shock for people but this is this is just the price to do a business now you get you gotta yeah. you better pony up if you're an nba owner we ain't got time <laughs> yeah. to play around a 60 mil that's that's the going rate he'd be getting paid more if it was open market i tell you that yeah <laughs> all these guys would for sure and I will say to anyone listening out there who is confused about this type of stuff and uh, still is and still will be going forward, I encourage you to, you know, you might have to look for it a little bit, but to follow, well, follow us first, uh, first and foremost on X and Instagram and TikTok if you aren't already, but follow, find a, a NBA insider who is all about finances. I know Keith. Keith Smith is a guy that I follow closely. He's uh, started specifically Celtics, but now I think he does uh, breaks down finance stuff across the NBA. So just find a guy like that, whether he's in your market or covers the NBA as a whole. And it's, it's actually a a bit easier to understand when you're reading tweets daily from guys like that. Um, And it will help you understand contracts for the future and contracts that your teams might currently have open. Yeah, for sure. So go ahead and do that, and we are now going to discuss Damian Lillard, the man who got slapped on the wrist for saying that he will not play anywhere else except Miami. He thought he was trying to force a trade in 2K, found out you can't do that in real life. Damian Lillard, I'll just, I'll just ask you the same question on all of these, Jake. Where, where are we at with Dame Lillard? I think he's in Miami by by opening night. I mean, mm-hmm. I just don't I, I don't see why you would want to keep him around at this point. I mean, clearly there's not a trade market getting drummed up for him right now. And so you can hold him on. I guess if, if Portland really wants to be weird and hold on to him and he doesn't do any he's either even like he shouldn't be playing on this roster next year with the way they have it, with the guys no. that they have on it right now. There's like it's just hurting your young your young stars, and I would just give the keys to Scoot and Shaden Sharp anyways, and and Simons, and just let them go. You don't want him taking up. They they made their decision already. So sorry, yeah. Portland. Like you lost your leverage. You can try to get your leverage back, but everybody in the NBA knows that Damian Lillard is a ticking time bomb to be traded because there's you're not trading Scoot. Are you gonna trade Scoot then? Because that when every team, whatever team, if you call on, I don't know who the GM, what GM's name is, Portland. But if I called him up right now, who players I'm asking about? Is Dame available? Oh no. Okay. Is Scoot available? No. Then what are we doing here? Like that. That's that's really the only two questions you have to ask them at this point. So I just don't see how he's on that roster, and they better just get used to get start printing those Tyler Hero jerseys out. Like that's 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 what I think. It's gonna just be. It's not gonna be a great trade. And that might just be the price for superstars nowadays. Overpriced superstars is not great trades. The Beal trade was not a good trade, but no, Phoenix did it. took on the deal and, and the contract and everything that came with it. Miami will be assuming a huge cap number if they take on Dame 
and they're paying Jimmy Butler and they're paying Bam. So that's the price of doing business now. It's not going to be as great of a trade as Rudy Gobert got. That's not NBA trades anymore. I don't think at least superstar trades. I, I don't think no. this, I don't think you could pull it off. And so, uh, so I think Portland's just going to have to swallow their pill. They lost their leverage the second they selected Scoot Henderson in that draw. Yeah, that's a good point. And like Miami too, it's good that in this situation, Portland lost their leverage. But like also what you were just talking about, like Miami still has a hard decision to make, even if they can get Portland to bite on whatever trade package they put together for Dame. Because like you just said, even when he gets there, it's like, okay, now make the money work with what you have. Like we were just talking about all these other teams. It's like, that's gonna be the that's gonna be the issue going forward for all teams. Like we just talked about, like the Jalen Brown contracts, like the Anthony Davis contracts. You have to balance your money much more than you ever had to in the past before. So if you're the Heat and Dame keeps saying how much he wants to go play in Miami, Miami uh, management and leadership roles, they they better be sure that Dame is their guy. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler, you know, getting up there in age, Dame, right around the same age as James Harden. I think he's 33 as well, or 31, 32. Yeah. I mean, both both guys are, are well into their 30s now. You have Bam, who we keep, like, begging to make this step at the next level in the playoffs, and he doesn't seem to be. So, yes, I think Portland has himself in a weird spot. But also Miami better be sure if this is something they go after because, I mean, this if this big three doesn't work out, if they somehow put together Bam, Jimmy, and Dame, that rebuild is going to be ugly for years to come if they, you know, if they can't get anything out of this big three. You're right. It's not – but they don't really have any other options because I think they're, they're screwed. No. They're like, and what other superstar are they getting for for Tyler Hero and whatever other package? Like I don't. This just feels it feels like a match to win, and it feels like they could. That's a team that can be in that group with Boston and Milwaukee if Damian Lillard's there next year, and he's thirty three. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. Maybe it unlocks Bam Lillard, and that's that's the best case scenario. But we'll see what happens. But let's talk about your Celtics. Because yes. you didn't have great news the other day with Chris Stapps. What? Where did, did he just announce it himself? What? How did this got announced? Chris Stapps Porzingis with plantar fascist fasciitis. He's out. Should be ready in about four to six weeks, but not the uh, start to the tenure that you were you were hoping for. I'm sure. No. So I believe this came out because it uh, technically was from him, I guess, or his camp because he announced that he wasn't playing in FIBA. Um, so he's not competing for his country. And then that led to, okay, well, what's wrong? And then I think exams were done. They found out it is plantar fasciitis. Um, and yeah, the that was just the report yesterday. So, I mean, any NBA player, especially a big man, foot injuries, specifically plantar fasciitis, is it's bad. It's never good news. I think Braun was dealing with this last year. It's it's a horrible situation. It's a horrible injury to have if you're an NBA player. Like I said, a lot more serious if you're a big man usually. And Chris Stapps, you know, standing at seven foot three, newest member of the Boston Celtics. You don't love to hear or see this news. 
Thankfully, today we got some clarification that we got a timetable at least because it was complete panic uh, for everyone in the, the wild streets of Celtics fandom. Um, but yeah, we got the report today. Four to six weeks should be good by the start of training camp. Um, so yeah, I guess just rest up for Kristaps. But this is this is the risk that Brad Stevens and the Celtics made, right? You you send out your pretty much most durable player next to Tatum in Marcus Smart. A lot of people consider the heart and soul. You know, I've already gone through the the sob story about me missing Marcus Smart, but. This is this is the gamble that Brad made, and Chris Tapp's already injured before the season is even close to starting. It's never great news, but I guess it always could be worse. Four to six weeks, we can deal with it. I'm fine with him not playing FIBA at all. I would love for him just to be fresh and ready uh, to go for the Celtics selfishly, but we did see this last summer with Gallinari, who we thought would be a great bench piece to our championship roster that we already had and he tore his acl playing for italy um and it was a freak thing and it was it was a big hit before the season had even started i think a lot of celtics fans were worried that this was going to be something similar thankfully like i said we have a timetable it's it shouldn't be anything big a little over a month maybe um but yeah it's it's just the gamble that brad took and we we have to be we have to be ready to roll with the punches and Chris Tapp's Porzingis. Yeah, at least it happened now, I guess, right? Like yeah. You've got to have it happen now than in the season. Planner fast. It's really bad for planting, which is why for a big man, you're doing drop steps all the time and jumping up and down for rebounds. Horrible for that. It's really bad for wide receivers and football and running mm-hmm. backs because you have to uh, – obviously, you're planting on routes and, and cuts and everything. So – yeah, that's that's the biggest thing it'll affect uh, plantar fascias. If you're just kind of the way the way the tear is, it really hurts to just like you can walk on it, but when you really like press on it, it just shoots like a almost like a nail like into your into the bottom of your foot. So pretty painful. Rest up, Chris stops. But um, glad he's not going to be on the court for Team USA because I don't know, man. I like that. I like the way the team looks. Maybe this is just the Anthony Edwards coming out party. But I think it is. I feel man. like the. Uh, I feel like the rest. This is going to be a really good tournament, though. I feel like this is going to be a like a very very well played, close played tournament. I wish Giannis was in it. That was disappointing. But yeah. um, I mean, we'll see. Like, what did you? What did you? Did you get to watch Sunday at all? We were talking about um, watching outside of highlights. No. Yeah. I did see some great highlights from both Mikael Bridges and Jalen Brunson, which Brunson got me hyped. In the first half, yeah. Yeah, Especially, I was yeah. gonna say uh, everything I saw seemed to be that Jalen Brunson set the tone, which was uh, I'm sure that was awesome for Knicks fans. And then just you know, we're we're all Team USA basketball fans in the summertime when when FIBA's going on, so it's cool that you get to root for these young players that, you know, maybe on a rival team of yours or on a team that you would just never pay attention to. And you mentioned him, man, Anthony Edwards, everything I'm hearing from team USA is just all about the Anthony Edwards hype train. It's, you know, this guy could be a second team all NBA player next year. His, his defense is getting better. Every video I'm seeing, he's the only one like talking at like, it's uh, it reminds me of Colby and just like old practice clips, not just Team USA clips in general, but like 
just his old Lakers practice clips and then obviously with Team USA as well. But just the energy, he, he seems to be taking on a leadership role, which if you're a Team USA fan, it's great and probably even more encouraging if you're a Timberwolves fan as well. True. He was chirping Jaron Jackson Jr. today. Yeah, I saw Yelling that. At him. I mean, that's yeah, just, what he, that's what what he, he said. He didn't. He didn't jump when Ant dunked, and he said jump like I thought. I thought you were supposed to be a defensive player of the year. Yeah, something like that. It was that. a pretty weak move. I wouldn't jump in practice either, but it was no. a, it was a soft move by by Triple J there. But Ant Ant has definitely been the like uh, the bulldog heart and soul. It seems like so far. Um, and then just also the fact that he wasn't in the starting lineup and Kerr was just like, damn, like <laughs> I have to put him in. And now yeah. he's just kind of, he's doing whatever they need to do. He's having some big scoring nights, some nights he doesn't really shoot that much, but he's just very active. He's a very good FIBA defensive player too, because he could be a little bit more physical and, you know, he can just kind of, he's just been really good. He was looked really good on the perimeter. Reeves looked really good defensively. He had a couple say, good steals and a couple good outlets and everything. Um, so I bet Reeves is going to have a nice role on this team. I don't know. And that's what I'm interested to see, too, is, like, what the rotation ends up being because it's a pretty, like, solid group all the way through. Obviously, Brunson is going to be the – I think he's going to be the focal point there, whatever. We saw some Bancaro at the five. That was, that was interesting to see. I don't know if he's going to be able to hold up at the five in, like, a big game against, you know – they're playing France, and he's got. I don't think Van Carroll can be out there against Rudy. Yeah, you might have to throw like Walker Kessler in, in, <laughs> yeah. in that one. Exactly, and there's some bigs that he would have trouble with, but just the they have a lot more versatility, and just it's like you said, it's a fun young group to see like together, see what Brandon Ingram can do if he can have some big performances. Uh, but Edwards is really what I'm looking forward to the most. So hopefully he goes and balls out. Hopefully we go get a gold medal going into uh, going into the Olympics. Yeah, man, it's uh, – I love that you brought up Austin Reeves. I did not know he had defensive game like that, man. The A lot of there the highlights – There was like a sequence. Yeah, there was like a great sequence in in like a – it was like a three back-to-back possessions where he like got – he like got a steal, like poked a steal, and then they got a bucket. And then they came out, and then he picked off like a, like a lazy – out like lazy yeah it looked uh, like he intercepted like a pass in the end zone i know yeah exactly he grabbed it and then he comes down and like gives a nice little cut to cam johnson and cam johnson comes through like it was just he's just making good plays and it's great to see him doing that just continuously with those guys and everything it's just they got a squad they've got a good solid team there i'm just interested to see if they get into a close game you know, I, there's not that there aren't guys that I trust, but who's going to be taking shots? Who's going to get the yes. ball? And are they going to make those shots in that moment? Because it could – I see Brunson probably being the one having it. I see Ant, Ant wanting to do it. And Ingram, I feel like, is the guy that should have it. But I don't know if yes. he's going to have it. So <laughs> it's probably the least vocal. Or at least, like, that's how it comes off. I'm not at practices. Exactly. Um, Brunson, I, I feel like Brunson's going to have the ball in his hand in every important moment for Team USA this, yeah. this whole tournament. And if you're going up against a sizable squad, who knows if you want that, but that, that might be the case. I did see something interesting. Speaking of, you know, who, who's going to be that guy to take the shot and someone who apparently is upset that they're not on the team would be perfect for this role. And I didn't even know, uh, shout out the Pat Bev with Roan show because I didn't know this was a controversy until I heard it on their show talking talking Team USA. 
Apparently, Trey Young is upset that he is not a part of this Team USA squad. Because nobody and, likes it, bro. And he would be a perfect <laughs> guy to be taking the last I shot. I know, but nobody likes him. That he's, he's getting the Isaiah Thomas treatment from the Team USA. I know. Like, the boys don't want him there. <laughs> And that, like, Tough. I think that probably explains it the best, right? Like, because yeah. otherwise, I mean, going down this roster, man, I think if I, like, you could stop me five different times. Would you, and, but it, you would Trey be willing to sit guys. behind Jalen Brunson? I bet you he no. wouldn't. And I think that that was And it's got to be Josh Hart. Place. It's got to be Josh Hart and Brunson who, who dislike him the most on this oh, squad, sure. you would assume. I'm sure. And, like, I, like, I would rather have Brunson just – as a in a leader role and everything else if you're if and if you're steve kerr i could see why you'd rather have brunson in that role i don't know if trey would have accepted and then if, if trey is coming off the bench what's he really doing like you can only yeah. bring him out to like shoot to go on little offense he can't burst. play defense against like and especially when he can't draw charges really because they're not gonna it, this that's the best part about watching team usa start playing fiba rules is it, it takes them like four games to realize that they can't just like throw their arms up and get a call every time they go in. Yeah. That might be the biggest reason Trey didn't get invited because he ain't getting no foul calls. <laughs> I don't know. And just the I love watching every year just like the the rules like with like goaltending and like That's touching the around the rim and stuff. It's like they're all everyone's just looking up at the hoop like Bro, the first couple times it happens. And I then, wish that was a real basketball rule. That oh is, like, yeah. My man. It is kind of awesome. It, it makes so much sense. More... If you miss the shot, that get that shit out of there. We don't want it. Yeah. We don't want that up here anymore. I love it. Yeah, it just adds a little more uh, flair and like fun chaos to the game. And it's like you guys are that athletic anyway. You can be making plays like this every every single shot. So it's like, and it opens the game up because then yes. you, get, you get more fast breaks out of it. Like there's, and you get more forwards pushing the ball. That's the big thing about FIBA too, because those guys can just pick that shit up right off the top of the rim. They don't have to stand and wait around, and then they're moving. So I'm glad you mentioned that. I think with this squad, it is interesting the way they put it together, but I'm literally just looking at a picture of them, like the main Team USA photo right now. Yeah. And outside, I think the only outliers really are Walker Kessler, Bobby Portis, and Jalen Brunson because Mm -hmm. otherwise all of like their dynamic players – they just put together like long mm-hmm. forward guard hybrids that are all willing to play defense because even Halliburton is a big, big he's point huge, guard. Yeah. And he, you know, he doesn't shot like he's not this great defender who you would, you know, put um, put at the top of your list and on ball defenders or anything. But I even saw clips of him like getting out and getting steals in transition. And then, like, you have guys like Mikel Bridges, Cam Johnson, Brandon Ingram, who we already talked about. Ben Caro is, like, this weird hybrid type. So, I think – and Jalen Brunson, you mentioned, like, he's just a dog. So, like, he fits that mold even though he's undersized. And, like, we talked about it with Trey Young, who doesn't really play defense. Brunson's, like, a different animal. And Josh Hart, like, who would have thought this guy would be on Team USA? But he does a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so, that's probably what – it just seems – you know, if we're not going to get the LeBrons, if we're not going to get the KDs to play on this team, it's like, let's put these guys together who do a little bit of everything, but yeah. are also crazy skilled. Facts. Yeah, it's crazy to me that it, that last year, if you would have asked me if I looked at this roster and told you that the person I trust 
implicitly no doubt in my mind is Jalen Brunson, I would have I would have laughed at you. But there's yeah. nobody I would rather have Jalen Brunson in charge of this team than anybody else that's on this team. And he seems perfect for it. And it's it's crazy how far he's come. But yeah, like it's like you said, they really just they put him in there because he's a dog. They put Portis and Kessler in there just for some extra size if they need it. And then we're just like, we're going after a type. I guess yeah. Jaron Jackson's just huge too. He's a pretty big. He's a pretty yeah, big but he's seller, like but he's also he, like a long, lanky guy who can shoot and like yeah, he's never been shot or bring the ball up. Like, yeah, I think he would play from the and outside. I think he came into the league at like six nine. I think he grew two inches too. Yeah, I actually think he was like like I feel like he was someone that I remember coming in and was like, damn, like he's like not not at like he was like six nine or six barely six ten, but super long arms. And now his like height always says six eleven, seven foot. So I think he just he's just he's a he's a freak. Like if that dude just that's the thing, like that's why it should be yelling at him. Because if this yeah. guy just puts everything together, and maybe it's a Memphis thing, as we've learned about the culture in <laughs> in Memphis. But if this dude puts everything together, he should be everything that we talk about Bam being and should do it a hundred times. He should do it at least three times better because he's three inches taller than him. Yeah. Like realistically, maybe he doesn't have the basketball IQ that Bam has. And I don't, I can't speak to that as much as the X's and O's people have, but I feel like Bam is pretty untouchable in that category. Um, so, and you know, what we should come back to is we should come back to Jaron Jackson Jr. And this discussion that we just had, after a few months of, into the NBA season, with his uh, new defensive leader on that squad, it's true. Let's see. Let's see if Marcus Smart and he's going to be the number one guy on that team too. For two yeah, months, so. so let's see if Marcus Smart can't whip Jaron Jackson Jr. into shape. That would, uh, that, that's going to be a pretty interesting thing to watch unfold with those two DPOYs together. I, I, I will be watching every Memphis Grizzly game on tv this year i think for multiple reasons man. Yeah, they, they have reasons. they have a little bit of everything going <laughs> they, on there yeah it's just just the right amount just the you know sugar spice everything nice they got it they got it all it's gonna be a fun season um got anything else here i think we're good we got team usa i think is the 20 it's can't remember the exact date i know it starts in the 20s though so we're we're, we're wrapping and coming around the corner here and then before you know it, it'll be training camp and it'll be opening night, which we know opening night is Nuggets, Lake Nuggets, and Skate Suns. Now. Can't remember. I think it's Nuggets, Lakers, and Warriors, Suns, I believe. Yeah, let me check. I know that we have a Celtics, Lakers Christmas Day, which would be nice. I'm sure you yes. wish it was in Boston and not LA, but. Um, Guess, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think the last time it was in LA too, actually. But yeah, I think it's Nuggets, Lakers, and, and yeah, Suns and Warriors. Yes. Yeah, so Chris Paul revenge game, and then a nice a rematch of the sweeping that happened in the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Um, last thing I had, just because I completely forgot until you said anything else, and this is where my, of course, my brain went here. Um, at the end of the episode and not before, but the in-season tournament, it's officially happening in the NBA. Um, the Celtics team like posted a, a, a quick Instagram post and it kind of helped me understand. So I'll just read this to 
to the audience now before we log off here. So the in-season tournament for 2023, all 30 teams, <clears throat> excuse me, all 30 teams divided into six groups of five teams. Groups are determined by draw based on prior season's regular season record. Tournament nights will take place every Tuesday and Friday from November 3rd to the 28th. So this tournament is in the middle of November. Each team has played the four teams in its group once, two home games, two away. All tournament games will count towards the regular season standings except the championship. Three group winners and one wild card per conference will qualify for the tournament. And then these, this is the what's at stake. Teams will be competing for the all-new NBA Cup. At the conclusion of the tournament, the NBA will name the most valuable player of the in-season tournament and the all-tournament team. The prize pool will be uh, allocated to the players of the teams that participate in the knockout rounds. Games begin November 3rd. Semis and championship will be December 7th through the 9th in Las Vegas. So there you go. That was that was a little in-season tournament. I still don't know how I feel about it. I think it happened pretty fast. Um, it's it's kind of been tough to form an opinion on it just because of how quickly it was put together last season and then they're just running with it now. I could do without it, but I might change my mind when it starts being played. Yeah, we'll so see. we'll see. I have literally no expectations for it because if it's early, it, it can't get worse than early season, regular season basketball anyways, than some of the efforts that we see from these teams. So if it's really like we're starting at that baseline level of these teams load managing and taking half their nights off and whatever else they decide to do before they make all their trades after Christmas. Yeah. And if it makes them incentivized to do it, because, you know, at least some of these guys are going to want a million dollars or whatever that, you know, the prize there at the end. Right. Hey, by all means, maybe that'll maybe it'll help. I don't know. It's gonna be it weird. It's gonna be really weird to see how they try to make it a big deal. Yeah, um, let's hope. Uh, let's hope we just get a little more competitive. It'll be sick it. and vague. The, the I think the semifinals will feel like it's worth it, but it's gonna yes. be like as we're getting there, we're gonna be like, what? What is this? Like, what are we? Yeah, doing? The, the, the beginning of November. Gonna care. They're gonna ask the players about like, does it matter? Like. How does it feel to be playing in your first NBA Cup game? And they're like, oh, yeah. Like, Those interviews aren't going to matter until no. the and people are going to get mad about it too. That's the thing is yeah. people are going to be like, oh, these players don't care. They're not taking it seriously. That's we're going to have to deal with that shit until we get to the final, and then everybody can like be like, oh, I guess it was you know X, Y, and Z happened, and this is kind of cool here and. I can't wait for the two-minute close-up, the first two-minute close-up of Stephen A. Smith just going off about how the in-season tournament doesn't matter at all and these guys aren't taking it seriously. <laughs> I can't wait for that because you know it's coming at some it. point. All right. I think uh, that'll do it for our very long-awaited episode We're back. back. Um, expect us through the end of the summer and then up until the season starting. And hopefully Steve will be on next episode. Follow Trainwreck Sports everywhere. Go check them out if you're listening from the Buffalo area. I know Jake has been grinding for the this Bills upcoming season. All the Buffalo guys are hyped for the Bills. Go follow Trainwreck Sports. Follow uh, 
pay the bills podcast. If you want to plug that too, um, follow both of us. Follow at Happy Hour Hoops One on all social, and stay tuned in. With NBA's right around the corner, folks, and maybe yeah, James Harden will show up fat to training camp. Please. Later, guys. It's all we could ask for. <laughs>